0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Funnel Vision podcast, a focus on sales and marketing. My name is John Butler, CEO of TF Leads, joined by our co-host, Jessica Swint, VP at TF Leads.
1: Good morning, everyone. Hope you're having a good start to your week.
0: Great to be talking to you this this morning and excited to, to get the week kicked off.
1: Yeah, so we like to start each of our episodes just with a couple of things in the news that we definitely find interesting, and hopes that you will as well. I know that we touched um, a couple weeks ago, I think on our um, second week podcast or episode two about Apple rolling out their new pop-up privacy notification, where if you download an app, you know it'll say, "Would you like this app basically to track your data?" So. This has become a big concern just for Facebook, you know, with their ability to have data and, you know, use that obviously for advertising. So I guess it came out that if 80% of Facebook users actually say no for that pop-up notification, it could be a 7% hit to Facebook's Q2 revenue which is, it results in about 2 billion. So think of that over a course of a year or more. Um, Facebook's definitely going to have to start getting a little more creative on their ads and uh, not be using it and not having it be so data heavy.
0: Yeah. Well, it's fascinating. I mean, it definitely does seem like there's going to be some users that opt out, as you would only imagine once they see how much data Facebook is using. Yeah, definitely. We are also seeing. I mean, the Wall Street Journal recently reported that all of these different social media, you know, giants, whether Pinterest, Google, uh, Snapchat, they all have reported an increase in ad spend just because there's so many more people online. And it's going to be really interesting. Facebook um, is going to be reporting their, you know, their first quarter results um, soon, so uh, they will definitely start seeing an increase in revenue because of, you know. More ad spend, but at the same time, with usage slipping, um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if the ad spend makes up for that loss yeah. in in usage. So definitely fascinating there. But I, it does seem like, you know, just with you know all the all the scrutiny that, that Facebook gets, that this will be something that impacts them from a usage standpoint. And yeah. you know, the demographic for Facebook continues to trend higher and higher based on your age. And so, yeah, just fascinating to, to see what that looks like. And I know at least from, um, you know, the, the Instagram side of things that a lot of people, more people kind of say that they are interested in, in making business decisions as they scroll through Instagram. And so mm-hmm. I think there could definitely become, you know, more of a, a B2B type of component to Instagram, maybe more than what we've seen in the past. Um, especially if some people are moving away from Facebook and Instagram is definitely where people are gravitating.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So, guys, the next section that we wanted to move into is just talking about how to grow your business. And so, one of the things that is really relevant to us is just because we're all kind of experiencing it in different ways, but it's it's really about business travel. We have tried to go to different conferences and and things like that. As the pandemic was happening, basically everything was moving virtually. And so a lot of our stuff was converted uh, to a a digital conference or virtual experience and tried to make the most of those. But it's, and I think we can all attest that it just wasn't anywhere close to what an in-person conference brings, you know, just interacting with people. um, is, is just a different ballgame. So we have not actually made a decision yet for our company of when we are going to start traveling to, to see current clients, to see prospective clients. We are, you know, we always kind of talk about that relationships is a core value and we want to have our kickoff meetings in person if at all possible. And Jess, you want to kind of touch on like how we've done that a little bit? it's been a little tricky um, over the past months.
1: Well, prior to the pandemic too, I mean, we just, that was pretty much the standard unless someone wanted to get launched really quickly and they were outside of Austin, Texas. So we would, we would just plan a virtual meeting, but I mean, our goal, even if they were States away was to go to them in person, just to start that relationship. And it just, I don't know. Having that as the foundation always seemed to be a much better start to the partnership. And there were a couple of deals that we won based on just the fact that we were there in person. I remember one contract wasn't even signed and they were like, how do you guys set yourself apart from other lead gen companies? And we're like, well, we're sitting right here in front of you in Utah when we're from Texas. So so through the pandemic, obviously... We weren't able to do that, but lately we have seen that some prospective clients have been uh, just asking if we'd be open to that or wanting, um, you know, us to make a trip. Some of them that aren't too far away from Austin, um, so we we've done that I think twice, maybe three times through the pandemic. But I'm thinking that you know now that people are getting vaccinated and people, it does seem like business travel is starting to ramp up a bit that we'll probably start seeing that more and more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think maybe the second half of this year, I mean, is maybe as late as the, the fourth quarter, but I'm hoping that the second half of this year can kind of be when we're at a, a kind of a tipping point where everyone feels more comfortable with business travel. Um, obviously, you know, we need to be at a better place with, you know, vaccinations and, you know, we need to have our arms around these different variants and, and all that good stuff. But I think everything's moving in that direction. Um, we definitely are in desperate need of going out and traveling and, and seeing our clients, um, yeah. who especially are outside of Austin. But at the same time, there's a lot of prospective clients that we, we want to see. And we have our, our first in-person conference that is um, Traffic and Conversion Summit put on by Digital Marketer. Um, shout out to them. Uh, they they were a client for three years, amazing company. They helped train uh, basically anyone in about inbound marketing, but they put on an amazing conference in San Diego and we're going there. It's like middle of September. And so that's kind of our, really our first, you know, dipping our toe into the, the waters of in-person conferences. Really excited about that. We're actually going to try to bring our whole team um, just because I think we've all been waiting to, to try to experience uh, conferences. And and this is, they kind of have different paths for everyone. And so we can all kind of take advantage based on what we're looking to learn, but curious to hear what you guys are, are seeing just in your, your industries and, and curious to see like, if you guys have, you know, gotten back at it with travel um, mm-hmm. for your business right now, at least for foreseeable future, you know, we have a, a hard pause on that um, from a sales perspective and even on the client side. So we're hoping that over these next few months, we can, we can make a a change there. But to Jess's point, it really is critical to to start a relationship, you know, with being face-to-face I've heard, whether it's, you know, kneecap to kneecap or whatever you want to call it, it is important to, to be in person, to just show that, you know, you're, you're invested and Jess kind of hinted at this, but sometimes it, it means that you don't even need to have a contract signed, right? Like sometimes the way you're going to separate yourself is to show that you're willing to spend the money to go there and say, hey, we're here. No one else is. And and that goes a long way. And, and so on the sales side of things, encourage you guys to, to get on a plane. You know, if it's close enough, obviously there's a lot of driving. Uh, we've been doing a lot of driving. In like two different days, we had like a kickoff in Corpus, which is you know south, and and then we had one kickoff in like Dallas-Fort Worth, and which is obviously north um, from our home base in Austin. So some of those plane rides would be much quicker, but I think the safest thing to do right now is is uh, a good car ride. Just put on a good podcast and, and you're good to go. That's that's what we're suing, um, and that's what we're hoping can change. Um, we can get in front of more people as we. Uh, To uh, closer to the end of this year.
1: Yeah, it was also just announced on Sunday uh, that Americans should be able to travel to the EU starting summer. So there aren't exact dates for that or what exactly is required. I think they're going to be requiring either the antibodies for COVID or the vaccine. So that's interesting. But obviously, that'll encourage you know more business travel internationally to Traffic and Conversion Summit usually brings in a ton of people from Europe. Um, so hopefully that will be able or be the case this year as well.
0: Yeah, and, and Jess is one of our uh, resident travelers, so <laughs> Jess will be taking advantage of that as much as possible. I would imagine.
1: Definitely. <laughs> uh, we can move into our outbound corner now too. Um, We have recently been seeing in the last couple of weeks that LinkedIn made some pretty big changes just on their connection amounts that you're allowed to send out through Sales Navigator. We've basically seen that they've been monitoring specific accounts and limiting the amount of connections that you can send per week. So once you hit your weekly limit, you get a notification that says you've reached your weekly limit. Try again on Sunday. It only, you know, it'll basically shut down that you're able to send connections uh, just for you know the rest of that week. However, it's continu- it just shows that you are on LinkedIn's kind of monitoring profile list. So the goal would be to get your connection rate up to just have more people accepting your connection request. Um, we like to keep less than 500 pending connections that have been sent out. So those are two ways that can help you just kind of get off that flagged list um, but one thing that a lot of people don't realize is you can actually mark yourself on LinkedIn as a LinkedIn lion, they call it a LinkedIn open network member. And basically this just allows people to send you in-mails without using an in-mail credit. So you to kind of counteract, if you are one that's getting that LinkedIn restriction, just with limiting the connection request each week, you can basically try to counter that with InMail. So if you identify and see people you know, within your sales navigator target list uh, that they have a little green uh, open network icon, you can basically send them a message without using an InMail credit. And with the InMail credits, uh, if someone actually denies your InMail message within 90 days, you can actually get that InMail credit back so just a couple ways to kind of um, just understand how to best utilize your credits and get the most out of your sales navigator. And the thing with InMails is it, it helps allow you to send, you know, an actual full message rather than just a connection note to that person that you're trying to connect with. So LinkedIn recently published an article that gave some different tips on just how to best use InMails so whether a shorter or longer in-mail gets a better response rate, what day of the week is best to send if you should you know, personalize those in-mails or use a template. And basically just in summary, shorter in-mails definitely get a better response than longer in-mails. So they actually recommend 200 to 400 characters that you're sending. It yields about a 16% higher rate of response than people who send much longer than that. One thing I thought was really interesting was 90% of in-mails are typically longer than 400 characters and they can stretch up to a thousand. So when people are getting these templated thousand character in-mails, it's just not going to be quite as effective.
0: Those are so annoying too. Like no one wants to read like a book, a short story. Exactly. Yeah. Don't do stuff like that, guys.
1: They also came out that Monday to Thursday gets the best response rate. It's pretty much the same on each of those days. Monday has a 1% higher rate. Um, but so I would just try to focus your in-mails Monday through Thursday. Saturday is definitely the lowest. I wouldn't be sending any on Saturdays. Um, And then as far as just personalizing, you know, you can find different ways that you either relate to that person that you're trying to send a message to based on their profile or the company that they work for. If you know some context or do a little research into that company, Um, we try to do that ourselves for our own outreach for our clients. So um, definitely try to just add a little bit of personalization into those messages keep it short and sweet. Um, And usually if you do add some personalized touch to it, you get about a 20% better response rate compared to a template. So hopefully those things can help counter just some of the, basically the different restrictions that LinkedIn is continuing to put out. Um, And hopefully those in-mail tips, you'll get to see a better response rate.
0: That's good. Yeah. And in-mails just in case, and maybe you could put this at the top, but in-mails for those that don't know is basically reaching out to people that you're not already connected to and and messaging people through the LinkedIn platform um, that you're not already connected to. So a great strategy for, you know, trying to to get in front of people to just this point where it's, you have more words to work with um, because the connection notes are going to limit your your character use, but obviously you don't want to Write a book. Um, people aren't going to read that, and they're not going to most likely respond to that. So this is great insight, and coming straight from LinkedIn. So um, LinkedIn doesn't typically, or at least not very often, kind of give an aggregated account of what's working well on LinkedIn. Um, just like they don't tell you how many, you know, how many connections um, you can have in a, in a given week. There's some algorithm that they have working in the back background that that's limiting, um, Mm -hmm. outreach, but just they're just not going to tell you what it is. But so anytime they come out with these types of articles, um, it's really insightful and it's really helpful to just make sure. I mean, a lot of it's kind of intuitive, like don't send templated, non-personalized long emails, but at the same time, uh, data always helps. Uh, it's really an opinion unless you have data to prove it. So it's, it's really, it's really great to see the data come back and, and just say, Hey, this is, this is exactly what's working. And um, so great insight. Yeah. Thanks for sharing Jess.
1: Yeah. And that, that just came out on the 20th. So it's nice. Hot off the press. Yep. Perfect.
0: Well, that's great. Well guys, we hope this is helpful. Um, Next week, we are actually going to be talking about um, some different types of software that is helpful from sales and marketing perspective. Um, Just kind of some different tips and tricks that we've seen over the years, that's really helped us kind of get have an edge on, on lead generation. And so we'll have some different things to share there. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we hope you guys have a great week. And we look forward to uh, syncing back up with you next week.
1: Bye, everyone. Have a great week.